0: Unsurpassed,
1: penetrating, and perfect Dharma is rarely met with, even in a hundred thousand million Kalpas, having it to see and listen to, to remember and accept. I vow to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words. Good morning. Morning. Good
2: morning, everyone, and welcome to BCC Saturday Lecture. Uh, today I have the good fortune to introduce our drummer brother, Gary Artem. Gary started practicing at BCC in 1993, the same year he met his wife, Emily. He has held several, several practice positions, among them as head server, sasheen director, and kitchen keeper. Along with his Zen practice, he enjoys traveling with Emily, basketball, movies, swimming, and loves reading. He grew up on the East Coast, moved to California in 1990, and was layordained by Sojin Roshi in 1997, and with Arshuso last year. He is happy to be a part of the Sangha life in the BVC community. Please welcome Gary. Good
1: morning it's nice to be here and uh and to see everybody in uh zoom land and the zendo is full there's like one empty seat and that's it so um great turnout and um and the weather's really nice and brisk Um, before I start I'd like to say that I um um I spent a lot of time on this talk Ross gave me a like two-month lead-in, and um, it was difficult. I mean, my health keeps kind of shifting around. I have a bad, bad back problem now, and that pain uh, increases the agony of other things that I have. So um, uh, be gentle with me. <laughs> First, I, I wanna thank Ross for inviting me to give this talk and, um, and lending me the Tiger's Cave, which is a, a book on the Heart Sutra, uh, which I, I read and, um, and it's helped inform what I'm gonna talk about today, which is emptiness. Um, it's usually chanted daily at most Buddhist monasteries. Ours and spe- specifically ours and others, other places, I'm sure are almost all monasteries. Um, I also want to thank my wife for her advice and patience in listening and advising me on this talk. Uh, so uh, I chose the subject of emptiness um, and I i, dist- I struggled with what, deciding what to say on the subject. I listened to numerous podcasts um, Red Tigers uh, Cave, and um, um, it, it was hard because it it, it has so many ver- so many ways you can look at it. So you know, in talking with one of the senior students, he 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 suggested, you know, I just narrow it and choose one aspect of it. So. Um, I'm mostly going to speak in regards to a Zen practitioner. Um, I think I've gotten glimpses of emptiness through Zazen and and Seshin, um, but I don't claim any great knowledge of them or of of it. Um, I'll include some anecdotes from my teachers and on my own suffering and delusions. So it starts with a 35 year old man who wanders into Berkeley Zen Center. He's arrogant and challenges who would be his teacher. He sticks around, he doesn't know why, but he does. He continues to practice because he likes meditation and a meditation hall reminds him of a basketball floor. (laughs) He tries to no avail to impress his teacher. As time passes, he does more and more, but nothing moves the teacher. So to light things up, here's a joke that I think is kind of appropriate. Um, A man is distraught and goes to his psychiatrist and says, doctor, you got to help me. The doctor says, sure, what's the problem? The man says, it's my brother. He thinks he's a chicken. The man said, um, "The doctor says no problem. Just tell him he's not a chicken." The man says, "I would, but I like the eggs."
0: <laughs> I may have
1: told this before. Anyway, the joke seems appropriate to me because it it kind of shows um, the delusion of both the man and the brother. You know, they're both feeding each other's each other's delusion. So be careful what you take away from my talk. <laughs> Maybe. So some definitions on, I, you know, I, I, most people in their talks, I state they, they, they spend time defining terms and things like that. So I thought, well, let's get some definitions of, of emptiness from people who have practiced for a while. And um, first, the Western de- definition uh, Webster says, "I'm um, drink something The state of, uh, state of being empty, empty of content, void, space, vacuum, as emptiness of a vessel, emptiness of the stomach. From the Tiger's Cave, it says, or or has a um, a definition as, to have a taste of the world of emptiness, you must make at least some effort to separate ourselves from the world of relative values. I think he's pointing out that um, the duality of judgments, whether something is good or bad, enlightened or unenlightened, etc etc you need to drop drop and look at reality in its raw non-judgmental form that's my comment on it um the mahayana buddhists which you know zen buddhists fall into uh term it as sunyata and that uh and i quote here in mahayana buddhism the skandhas make up a human art seen as empty. Sunyata translates as emptiness or without form. Teaching of The teaching of sunyata helps Buddhists to understand that there is no fixed, stable self, and the universe is neither fixed nor stable either. This is because everything is dependent on something else, dependent origination and nothing has form of its own. This is true of the five skandhas and the self. A Theravadan monk, um, I'm gonna mess this name up probably, Thas- Sara Inku states, emptiness is a mode of perception, a way of looking at experience. It adds nothing to and takes nothing away from the raw data of physical and mental events. If you look at events in the mind and the senses, with no thought of whether there is anything lying behind them, you look at the events in the mind and the senses with no thought of whether there is anything behind them. Um, So emptiness, is it a noun or a verb? Can you practice it as an actionable thing or process? In developing this talk, I wanted not to explain it, but I wanted to see if I could embody it. Maybe come to terms with it and settle my habitual anxiety. Have I done that? More more on that later. So this brings me to myself and my suffering and now so if i bring emptiness to myself and my suffering it would mean i think to not judge myself physically or mentally one way or another to drop off those judgments and just open to the raw reality of being something called suchness in my gut or intuition i think that there is a direct, there is not a direct action that will lead to this emptiness of being I'm talking about. I think there are indirect openings to emptiness, but you can't go out and say, do this. Uh, I'm sure you'll move into emptiness, non-dual way of being. The rawness is maybe being inseparable from the reality you are a part of. Maybe ordinary essence of being is that rawness. So in the Heart Sutra, Shakyamuni says to Shariputra that the five doors of perception are ultimately empty. No form, no feelings, no perceptions, no consciousness, no eyes, no ears, no nose, no body, no mind, no, no, no. He negates everything. And when you're ready to say, all is null, void, he turns around and says, form is form. Emptiness is emptiness. In a a Doka song with Sojin, Roshi, I asked him, what are the pillars, um, what are the core pillars of Buddhism? And he said, non-clinging and impermanence. Um, we teach the, the, uh, the three seals uh, here at BCC. And I think, well, impermanence is one of them. The non-clinging kind of works with no self. So the three pillars are impermanence, no self, suffering, and nirvana. Impermanence meaning there's nothing uh, that's eternal and nothing that is independent of something else. No self is there, no there's no abiding self. And suffering, there is sorrow even when there is joy. I can attribute to that, or I can attest to that. Um, when I was like a teenager, I could play basketball all day long. By the time I was 20, I could play one one game a day. And then I started running and then I could run five, uh, one mile, then two miles then five miles. Then my knees started to go bone on bone. I had to give up running, now I'm swimming. So knock on water, I hope I I can keep swimming. And as far as Nirvana, I I can't say much about that. I think somebody else has to tackle that. Um, The non-clinging and impermanence seems to resonate with me as an element of emptiness. Impermanence being a catalyst for non-clinging. And how do I see that? You have to um, drop your stories about someone or something to truly see them, or it. Form is emptiness, and yet their story is, in a way, real. Form is form. Excuse me, I have to blow my nose. Um, I have a personal story about letting go and kind of works with emptiness. Um, once when I was in a, uh, a Toyota dealership uh, getting a tune-up or something, I was sitting in the waiting room. While, while waiting, I drank a couple of cups of coffee. It was nice and relaxing. So anyway, after all that coffee, I had to go and, and I found the men's room and went in and stood at one of the three urinals. I finished, zipped up and washed up, then turned and turned the handle of, I'm reading this the door to leave locked. What's up with that? I tried again and then started banging on the door. Boom boom. boom, boom. Let me out. Let me out. Um panic set, panic set in. What to do? I paused, stepped back and looked to my right and saw another door.
0: <laughs>
1: I was trying my hardest to get in the uh, storage room door
0: <laughs>
1: and right next to me was the exit door. I don't know how many times I've been at the wrong door and the right one was right there. The, the day I walked from Kaiser head and neck department after being told I had a large cancerous tumor on the back of my tongue, I held, my, I, I held on to my wife and felt unreal, dazed. Having coffee at one of those streetside cutouts, not knowing where firm ground is, is the kind of emptiness of is that a kind of emptiness of being? I don't know. Watch my time. Um, I have a co on that I think I'm going to kind of weave into this to try and. Um, and help some. Uh, this is from uh, the Gateless Gate, case 46, which everybody's pretty familiar with. Um, master Sikato says, how do you step forward from the top of a 100-foot pole? Another eminent master of old said, even though one is sitting on top of a 100-foot pole has entered realization, it is not yet real. He must step forward from the top of the pole and manifest his whole body throughout the world in 10 directions. Here I think Sekato is teaching that emptiness is all well and good at the pinnacle of your awakening, but that's not it. It's not clinging to that place, that state, letting go of what what's next, letting go for what's next and getting back in the flow, not settling. After a seven-day sashin, the feeling of getting an El Cerrito pool and feeling totally connected to the other swimmers, then I begin swimming and being just part of the water, no separation. Of course, this didn't last, nor should it. I'd be stuck at, I'd be stuck on that hundred foot pole or some heavenly realm. But still I have my workout, my 72 lakhs I'm sorry, 72 laps. These different events, sashine struggling with the door, cancer, all point to some letting go. As practicing Buddhists, we continue this, what would we call it, events, wake-ups, openings. Okay, now I'll, I'll ask you, let's let's stop for a moment now and ask you to let go of what you think of me and this talk. Drop the idea of Gary being male, aging, having had cancer, anxiety prone, wears big blue sneakers, married to Emily, travels a lot, where does he get his money, lucky duck? Can you just see me as is? It's not so easy. We tend to attach to stories about each person. Maybe a bigger question is, can I see myself as is? Dropping the story of being, stories and being okay with the simple problems that aging poses are maybe not so simple. Not making them a big problem in my head and just seeing them as another view, the scenery of life in all its stages. Anyway, you get the idea, seeing, seeing, just seeing, hearing, just hearing, it's not easy. Attaching to story usually keeps coming up. I'm not saying that story doesn't exist. I'm just saying that it's not it or all of it. If you ever had the pleasure of discussing the Dharma with Sojin, you'll recall how he would give you this big fat piece of candy, some agreeable statement. And then before long, he'd pull the rug out from under you, take it all away. He was a master at emptiness, of showing you reality with all its subjective colors, and then whoosh, pull it all away. He he demonstrated to me the gift of emptiness. What is the gift? Maybe freedom. Now I have this sciatic back pain that's persistent. My training here with Sojin was to find the edges of resistance and test to see if I could lean into them and not be controlled by them i develop that attitude but with this back pain it doesn't work i have to listen closely to my pain and fatigue and try to soothe it an act of love acceptance of myself i'm still stuck in self-denial And I'm struggling an image of myself as weak leaks in. And is hard to accept. This doesn't help. I'm beginning again and needing to let go. Here's a quote from Suzuki Roshi, I quote, the thing itself is emptiness. Because you, because you add something to it, you spoil the actual reality. So if you don't spoil things, that is to empty things. When you sit in Shikantaza, don't be disturbed by sounds. Don't operate your thinking mind. That's difficult. This means not to rely on any sense organ or thinking mind and just receive the letter from the world of emptiness. That is Shikantaza, end quote. What does he mean? I think Roshi is saying, don't make one into two or four into five, just let one be one and accept your difficulty and your wake up call. I just I put together a few views of what I think of as um, like moments into emptiness. It's it's when Ross talked about passing a tree many times for years, and then one day seeing the tree, as if for the first time. It's me remembering... uh, or one time in the kitchen, using one of those light sticks, I ignite the stove, and with a burst, appears on my right, Hozon. (laughs) Or Ron explaining to me how he's not watering the garden next to the Dokasan hut for PZC, but for everyone. Or me walking west on the street, street in El Cerrito as the sun begins to descend and really seeing the fiery essence. Last Saturday at Sashin, I dropped my chili on the floor of the kitchen. In an instant, I went from ready to enjoy my lunch to sadness. I thought of Sojin and my rug being pulled out, a mess to clean up. These are examples of mindfully letting go to what is there. I think these glimpses come and go. You can't hold on to them or bring them on nor some of them would you want to (laughs) like dropping the chili Um, you just wait for wait for them as suzuki Suzuki roshi states i quote although we have no actual communication with the world of emptiness we have some hints suggestions about what's going on in the world in, in that world that is you might say enlightenment When you see a plum blossom or hear the sound of a small stone hitting bamboo that's a letter from the world of emptiness let's take a step back and question if emptiness is something humans can actualize i think i keep saying this maybe emptiness is not something or some way of being but is all of reality a circle and as a student you get a glimpse of it and then out of fear and ego you snap back into the small eye maybe if we follow the path of emptiness being all of reality we are already in it and have nothing to do that would have us realize it. Going further with this nothing to do, maybe to see it, for some of us, we need to do a lot of nothing to do to be that suchness. Brad Warner explains emptiness in Don't Be a Jerk and other practical advice from Dogen. Zen's greatest Zen master. He said, he states, I quote, that emptiness is, is, in Buddhist terms, doesn't mean nothingness. It means that every single thing we encounter, including ourselves, goes beyond our ability to conceive it. We call it emptiness because nothing can ever explain it. Reality itself is emptiness because we can't possibly fit it into our minds. So I'll, I'll finish up with um, finish up this meandering talk with where I started. It starts with a 35 year old man who wanders into Berkeley Zen Center. He's arrogant and challenges who would become his teacher. His teacher responds by saying, "You should wash your mouth out with soap." This hurts and offends the man but he sticks around. As time passes, he feels there's something there, something warm and comforting deep about the abbot. He tries to no avail to impress his teacher. As time passes, he does more and more and nothing moves the teacher. Then one day at a ripe old age, he he knows he loves his now teacher and knows his teacher will not show this back to him directly, but it's there. At that point, he gives up on impressing him and just does what he does without looking for reward. And he finally lets go. Then COVID and cancer hits and he's knocked from the 100-foot pole. Where is the emptiness? Well, I said that I said I was going to close with that, but I have an epilogue, and I do have a little bit more time um, i yeah, the other night I woke up and i i these these two koans kept going around in my head, and i i real i I, I kind of thought of them and i'll I'll read this I'll read this my koan as the chusseau was. Um, medicine and disease subdue each other. The whole earth is medicine. What is yourself? And the other, the other koan, is Sekito. How do you step forward from the top of a hundred-foot pole? An eminent master of old said, "Even though one who is sitting on top of a hundred-foot pole has entered realization." it is not yet real. He must step forward from the top of the pole and manifest his body throughout the whole world in the 10 directions. And, you know, the more I thought about the two of them, they seemed to complement each other because, um, you know, what is yourself? <coughs> and, and the other is saying to, uh, to manifest yourself in the world in the 10 directions. One koan, koan being the call, and the other being the response. <coughs> you being the ten directions, and the medicine, and the and the disease. So I just thought, kind of cute. I think it it, it worked it works for me. Um, when I had the closing ceremony during the Shuso. During the practice period, when I was Jusso, there was a, uh, there's a part of the event where there's question and answer. Uh, I had to answer quickly, not overthinking. It was alive and bursting with energy, a kind of abiding, no abiding self of both the questioner and the Jusso, a kind of emptiness of being. So i I read this talk to emily several times over and over and she said where are you and your feelings in this talk what is the raw you can you show yourself more i'm sad and stuck struggling with anxiety depression and trying my best not to give in to feeling sorry for myself i'm hoping my my rawness came through. I spend my days exercising at the pool, visiting with friends and trying to navigate big medical systems and sitting zazen. And yes, sometimes I pray for help. Any questions? <laughs> we got a good amount of time, I think, uh, yeah about 15 minutes
2: uh ross hey, Jerry. And um for me i think all that's a prayer for help sitting swimming exercise all that stuff we're all it doesn't look like prayer but for me it is we're all doing
1: yeah should, should i did everybody hear that in zoom land repeat it uh ross Correct me if I'm wrong, Ross, Uh, he he said um, everything that I said at the end, the last paragraph, uh, is a prayer. It's
2: all prayer. It's It's all all
1: medicine. all prayer and medicine. Uh, Preston?
3: I um, really enjoyed your invitation to let go of any stories I have about you and
1: experience the raw Gary. And I was wondering if um, there are any particular stories that come to mind that you have about yourself maybe recently that feels
3: especially sticky.
1: I have to, I, I jump right to my back. Because um, I don't know if you've ever had persistent pain where you, you get up and the first, you know, you, you, you kind of struggle to get up. So it's like um, that's a sticky, a sticky story for me. And I haven't figured out how to get up, how to get up without pain. and um, and that kind of exacerbates the depression too, where I feel, you know, it just, it's, it seems like it's maybe on the same channel in your brain or something. If you're uh, at all uh, feeling depressed, you, um, and you feel pain at the same time, it's very hard to let go of it. And, you know, as the day goes on, it gets a little better. The pain's not as bad. I can swim. I walk pretty freely but you know i i've found that i can't um um i can't sit like this for long long periods of time anymore i have to keep changing positions and i can't lay on my back i have to lay on my stomach which is kind of weird <laughs> if i have if my back is bothering me i have to lay on my stomach to relieve it so you know imagine coming into your house and and you invited me over and you went for to get tea and bring it in, and you find me on my stomach on the floor. <laughs> anyway, so that's one. Thank you for that question. I have. Uh, go ahead, Andrea.
0: Well, you're reading my mind, Gary. I had to put my hand up that I am thinking about oh. something I I could say. So thank you very much for showing up today. Sure. There you go i spent a lot of of time in the talk talking about releasing, letting go into a state of emptiness, and I'm thinking of another common definition of sunyata is boundlessness. I wonder if that has any resonance for you or if you see a relationship between boundlessness and what you've been talking about. Yeah, I think the ten okay. direction, please, please repeat the question.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, is there a relationship between boundlessness and how you've been talking about your experience of emptiness? Is there a relationship between boundlessness and uh, my relation to emptiness? Okay. Uh, Andrea, or uh, Ryushin, Hatch asked that question. And, um, I guess I'd go back to the Koan, the 10 directions is kind of boundless. I I view that as kind of a boundlessness where you're, um, you're moving in, moving in, in vastness or open, vast openness, um, trying to think of some,
0: Like letting go of some of your conceptions of all these yes. different things in your life that define you and sometimes seem to restrict you, in right? A right. There's, a, there's a dropping away or an opening to being supported by and being possibly unlimited, perhaps, like flying off.
1: I haven't experienced that yet, <laughs> but I would like it, and I uh, uh, um, i can't think of the word, but I um, i gravitate towards doing something like doing that. I forgot to ask Hozan if he had any question or had anything
3: mm-hmm. to say. I had a comment. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I think just a patchwork quilt of uh, your way of seeing things,
0: which is wonderful. And the comment goes back to something that you, you know, you were talking about three marks of existence. And you said something like Nirvana, I don't know how to talk about that. Is that correct?
3: Right. I said I I think someone else should talk about it. So I just want to, I said this, I maybe said it correctly. Uh, Souchin Roshi asked Suzuki Roshi, What is Nirvana? Suzuki Roshi said, Seeing
0: one thing through to the end. And to me,
1: you exemplify. Thank you. That's, a, that's an awful nice. That's crime. what you've been doing for thirty years,
0: whether you know it, whether you know it or not. So I just, I think that we all feel that.
3: So thank you.
1: I don't think I could repeat that, but I'll say, I'll say one thing. I tried to, I
3: tried to say. I tried to project my voice.
1: I'll just say that Hozan said that. Uh, Suzuki Roshi responded to Hoson by not oh, ho- Sojin. to Sojin by saying, uh, "Nirvana is seeing one thing through to, the, to its end." Anyway. I, I, I'm going to get before I call. I'm going to get some from uh, Ron. Do you want to speak? You're muted, Ron. Still can't hear him. Huh?
3: Okay, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, first of all, Hozon's comment just now is going to be the name of uh, hopefully of Sojin's book, which is at the publisher. Hopefully, and we're going to we're going to call the book um, "Seeing One Thing Through," because it's not ended yet. But just to let you know that 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 Ozan, I think the had the idea to do that because one of. In part of mem- uh, Sojin's memoir, he talks about that experience. So, just to just to say that, well, my real question to you is, what's what's your experience of the connection with emptiness and zazen?
1: Um. I, I kind of feel that I I experience it um, more directly the longer during the longer periods of, of practice when we do sashin. and I don't feel like and 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 kind of like Suzuki Roshi said, that he 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 sees a, sees it as a a letter from emptiness. It's not something that I can do, that I can. It's something that that um that visits me. And I get more visits the longer I sit. I don't know if that's a good answer. I, I, I don't know that is an answer to your question is like that that's what my connection or what i feel is my connection with emptiness
3: how does the visit feel to you
1: how does it feel to me yeah beautiful
3: what's that i don't know beautiful why
1: because there's no story there. It's just seeing is seeing and hearing is hearing, or just okay. hearing is just hearing and seeing is just seeing. There's no, uh, you know, I, I think almost everything is beautiful really. And um, in that, when, when you're feeling that, or when you're in that, I don't, I, don't case, I don't wanna say you're in that state, because that that kind of makes it an object, but when you're when it, when you experience it, it's it's beautiful. Does that answer you?
3: Yeah, I I I understand your feeling about that. Thank you.
1: Okay. We have some more hands. Sandeep. Uh,
4: Gary, can you hear hi. me? Hi, 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 can you hear me?
1: Yeah.
4: Oh, great! I loved your talk. It moved me to tears. Your rawness, your authenticity came through, and I feel like I really, I really, truly appreciate it for being so vulnerable.
0: Oh, uh, thank
4: you. And what your talk spurred within me was, um, isn't the taste of plums so wonderful in peak season? And I feel like you just get the flavors when things are as it is from nature. It's such a beautiful offering and it's kind of inspiring me to be the same. And it, I feel like it's on par with you about just being as it is or accepting things as they are without adding a story. Mm-hmm. So really, thank you for that. And I wanted to ask, is appreciating the flavor of things as they are manifesting the whole body in ten directions. Can you
3: repeat that? <laughs> just say yes.
1: Okay. A Jeff or a Barbara?
5: Thank you. And um, so many things came to mind as you shared. And and um, I really loved when you asked us not to see you as the story we create, because I don't know you at all. So that was a really interesting exercise. Um, I had this feeling, I'm not sure this is going to be a question, but I think it poses a question I had this feeling when you when you said the sitting on the top of a pole and then then it said the story says step off and I think I I've suffered for from back pain on and off for uh, I don't know 50 years since I was a teenager for a very long time and extreme sometimes and one of the ways that I think the Heart Sutra has helped me is by not identifying the pain as anything other than what a sound might be. So could it be that stepping off of the pole in the 10 directions, that pain is like clinging and that in in some way, if we can listen to the pain as we would, a knock on the door or the the bell or it's it's a call to emptiness and being in that moment. And I I think um, I think that's sort of that that is a question, but I don't know how to say it in the phrase of a question. Yeah, I
1: think you're saying that um, not to view pain as, as um few pain is kind of a, um, not as pain as, as some sort of message. I think, I think that's what you said.
5: For me, because it's been so long, it's, it's the letter that you're talking about. Oh, it's the letter from pain. Pain is something. Okay. It it does feel like pain, but it, it also could like be junk mail to me. Spam. <laughs> Just call it spam and delete it.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, Susan. No, uh, we still have time. That's, that's Thank you. you.
3: Okay, because we have a ceremony.
1: Okay, this. this will be the last Susan, your last, you have the last um, word. Thank
3: you, Gary.
0: Um, at the very beginning, you looked up and you said, please be gentle with me. And, you know, I just wanted to say, it's so easy to be gentle with you because you're kind, you're sincere, you're dedicated, you're lighthearted, you're intelligent. Uh,
4: you know, the list goes on.
0: And um, I was just wondering how you yourself are learning to be gentle with yourself.
1: I know that that's the big thing. I mean, I'm not gentle with myself. I've been like Hosan was saying that, you know, I've, I've spent 30 years coming and doing the practices. And um you know uh it, it, it's a whole it's a way seeking mind talk in a way, but my father was never gentle with himself. he always pushed himself to build and do everything and be kind of the um nineteen fifties kind of man where you know you're you don't give up you're you're strong you never show weakness, and so i i was i'm a product of that environment and I'm still having trouble learning how to be kind and like, like I, I put that, um, learning how to love myself and be okay with who I am, I had a statement like that in the talk, and, um, and but then I follow it right after it by saying I'm not that good at it, I'm not, I'm still learning. <laughs>
0: and so what do you do with that?
1: What do i do with it yeah try and be okay with it try and be gentle with it but it's not easy there's kind of a critic the inner critic is strong in me
0: yeah thank you you can um give it to us okay (laughs) thank you